Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like that, Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast, where uh, I know we don't do the Nostradamus anymore because Nolan's gone, but uh, you and I had quite the prediction before the uh, weekend came. You know, we were being down in the dumps. Team was on a four-game losing streak, and uh, we were like, you know what? No. Wings are going to have a weekend sweep. They're going to beat Buffalo in overtime, and they're going to beat Vegas at home. And uh, I don't want to call us, like profits or anything scotty but i think we kind of struck gold on that one no i i demand to be called the oracle from now on <laughs> that's you you can be humble about it i'm not gonna be we, right. we i demand both of us to be called the oracle from here on out well i'm brian fisher uh you can catch me on twitter at brian fisher 971 uh producer at 97 on the ticket and with me today as always is the oracle uh you can find him on twitter at bentley scotty he is the other host here on Locked On Red Wings, and he is also the host at Locked On Twitter. So, Oracle. Uh, pre- Locked On Twitter. <laughs> Locked On Twitter? Is that what I said? Locked yeah. On Tigers. Dude, I just want to get right into this, man. That'd be I'm sick. Really... Locked, Locked On, on Twitter. Twitter. That'd be a crazy segment. Can you that imagine would be, that podcast? so much content out there. <laughs> That'd be a wild podcast. That would be I, – I would gladly host that. Oh, dude, I'm not even cutting that. Uh, Scotty and I are in quite a good mood because, as we said, Red Wings beat Buffalo in overtime to snap their losing streak. That was a hell of a game. Um, Unreal. Then comes Vegas Golden Knights, two little Caesars Arena. Vegas Golden Knights being an excellent team like they are. Beat them handily. Got outshot. But when it comes to quality chances, beat them handily. Five to two in regulation. Just uh, two awesome games. Um, But before we can break down any of that, I do have to thank all of you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Scotty, that that Saturday game against the Buffalo Sabres, man. It was one of those games where... So, Pew Suter scores. 24 seconds in or something like that. Just jams away at the puck. You never give up on the puck, mind you. Great job by him. He's kind of come alive in recent uh, games after we kind of crapped all over his performance on the first line a few games ago, Mm -hmm. but... He looked oh, yeah. good on Saturday between uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and Lucas Raymond. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I thought he looked good Sunday, too, the whole weekend. Great, 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 uh, great bounce-back performance. I think, again, the, the role we talked about um, last week. When, when, he's in, when he's in that two role, he, he thrives. He's just not he, – he, he should never be the 1C. But he hit a great weekend. Yeah, he really did. Um, got that goal right off the bat. He had an assist in that game as well. Um, but the, the real champions of that game were obviously Tyler Bertuzzi, Moritz Sider, and Lucas Raymond. And it feels like that's been the story of the season thus far. Um, but if that's what the story was again. And after they were down 3-1, to one, mind you, they were down 3-1, to one, and it looked like it was going to be another, like, oh, they're going to lose again, five-game losing streak. And yet they clawed their way back, granted against a not very good Buffalo Sabres team, but they clawed their way back from another two-goal deficit and it just it goes to show how much, and we, we keep talking about it, but it's so true, how much guys like Tyler Bertuzzi matter to this lineup. I mean, he had 
that they were down three to one. He scored two consecutive goals to force overtime. And that third goal was a beauty. Beauty. Absolute beauty. No, he it, it really is to the point that that we've been saying. And, and even though at the end of last week we were down and, and the we team really right, the, the team really did look kind of way in over their heads. Uh, Bert Bert came out firing on all cylinders. Fantastic performance. Like you said, obviously the the, the goals at the end. Um he ended with with four points that game alone. Yeah, he 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 scored or assisted on every single every goal. Every single goal scored that game. That is that is all the proof you need. That that's direct correlation. One player having four points in a game where you score four goals. Let me. Uh, he he means he means so much to this team, and it was so important. I think to to a it was just important to to get back on top and get a win because the last week was was really brutal um but but getting that win and and having everybody not named dylan larkin feeling good coming off a win and and going into that sunday's game where where larkin did come back is is was just a beauty and you know we kept saying you know is this going to be the get right game after every single loss and we finally were right but just and i don't want to harp on the whole you know the the you know with the whole Tyler Bertuzzi of it all, um, because we do that enough. It just him being in the lineup, we just saw how much he provides, and he had one takeaway in the game, and that takeaway was the one in overtime when I don't remember the Buffalo Sabers name players that did it, but he was breaking towards the net, and Tyler Bertuzzi comes flying across the ice, cuts him off, takes the puck away from him, and then breaks back out, passes the puck to Cider. Boom, Sider's first career goal. And that was a nice play by Sider, too. It was, yeah. He looked a little, he looked a little agile out there. Yeah. Got, he got a little nice with it, a little shimmy with it. That, that guy um, tried to hit him, and he just shook it off. Broke yeah, man, a little, little Barry Sanders action. He couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, get, couldn't square him off. He looked nice with it, nice with it. Uh, no, it, it was awesome, man. It, it, it was uh, that, I mean, first career goal coming in, a, coming in an overtime game winner, like, what a beauty! What adds to the aura that is Moritz Sider, and and it just oh, it it was it was so beautiful, and 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 not rolling over against a clearly inferior Buffalo team is is that that was everything, man. It, they, it was so nice. They carried the momentum straight into the Vegas game, and we'll get into that in the second in the second segment. But just one, his strength and his. Uh, Puck possession, not puck possession, but his, he's very strong in the puck is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. He's very strong himself. He's got he's got tons of balance with a low center of gravity, which helps him stay upright. And he has he's very strong on the puck. It's hard to knock the puck off him. He's got pretty good hands. I mean, for a guy who's not touted for his offensive prowess, he does put up decent numbers. And we finally, we kept talking about it. Like, he was going to get his first goal eventually. He kept getting good opportunities from the blue line. It just happened that in overtime, the guy tried to hit him. He just wasn't even phased by the physicalness, powered right through it, broke to the net. And then and one hell of a shot from the short side, shoots it far side, almost, almost bar in. He just barely missed the post and just one hell of an accurate shot. Like that was the epitome of the perfect way to get your first NHL goal to win, win it in overtime. Yeah, like again, just the the aura of like 
like top prospect, like one of the one of the cornerstones for this rebuild, one of the like he's going to be one of the reasons we get out of the rebuild kind of a thing, and then first career goal being an overtime game winner. As a defenseman, just just an just a beauty on on so many levels, and uh, really did kickstart a great a great weekend um, for for the team. Obviously, then going into Sunday's game and getting Larkin back and everything, just all around fantastic. Uh, I mean, there was some bad. Obviously, the first two periods were not uh, quite. To, just the second period specifically uh, was not quite to plan. And there's still some question marks on the defense in that game and and more in the in the Vegas game, to be honest. But but we'll we'll gladly take two 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 zero and zero on the weekend, baby. Well, we will uh, gladly take. It. Of course, you can't ignore it too. We did we talk, we mentioned it, but we didn't really go in on it. But Raymond having three assists in that game himself. I mean, now he is up to. 14 points in 13 games played, six goals, eight assists. That counts the goal uh, on Sunday against Vegas. I mean, I, I tweeted about it um, during the Vegas game after he scored, but I'm like, I'm literally running out of ways of saying they're so good. Like, that's literally all. Like, they're just, they're so good. Like, how do we continue? We keep going on every episode because even when the team is bad, Raymond and Sider look good. I mean, yeah. How, how you keep you keep running out of new ways of saying they're they're so good. Yeah, no, and 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 Raymond has continued even even when the team was struggling. Raymond's looked fantastic offensively. Man, he continues to make make space for himself and 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 make create shots on his own and 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 be in the right time for getting set up to just all around. Just such a such a high offensive hockey IQ for for such a young player, man. And that's. It, it's just so crazy to think that we have le- two legitimate Calder, you know, trophy candidates on this Red Wings team. It's just, and I know it's only a month in the season. There's plenty of time to still cool off, but I, no rookies in the league have gotten off to as hard, hot of a start as Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. And it's just, it's crazy to think that at the end of the year, the finalists could be announced and two of them could be Detroit Red Wings. I just, yeah, they were definitely it's a beauty, baby. It was, it's definitely a beauty. Um, you know what else is a beauty, Scotty? What? Direct, direct TV stream. That's right. also a beauty. It's a beauty. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com, directtv.com. Compatible device required, content varies by package. Also got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. Want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. 
Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Assessments make the interview process smoother for everyone. Talent doesn't need to prove themselves again, and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Raymond. Suter, Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi ready to go. He scores! Tyler Bertuzzi has tied the game. All right, Oracle. It's time to talk about that 5-2 Vegas Golden Knights victory at LCA, which I... Sometimes I'm so grateful to work at the Little Caesars Arena team store because of games like tonight where just be part of that atmosphere. It is sometimes hard to see the game because, you know, you're caught up working, retail, recovery, replenishment, all that stuff. But sometimes the moments slow down just long enough for you to catch these fantastic games. And to beat a team like the Vegas Golden Knights in your own barn to not just... Like, you got right yesterday, and now you're starting to create that winning streak with another great game from Bertuzzi, another great game from Raymond. Larkin returns the lineup. It just... What a, what a hell of a game, man. I don't know what else to say besides just the whole team came together. It was a great team performance, and you love games like that. No, it was fantastic. The uh, the first person that, that I think deserves a boatload of credit is Thomas Grice. What yes. a absolutely fantastic performance from Grice. Saw, faced 40 shots, 38 saves, wings win 5-2. to two. The offense came together. We'll get to Larkin, I'm sure, later, but Thomas Grice was absolutely fantastic. And on top of that, or even specifically, I should say, the, the third period, he was, he was master class. He he was he was absolutely phenomenal in the third and and the entire game. But but the the the, the Knights were able to apply a lot of pressure and the defense kind of kind of was was hot and and cold throughout the game. Yeah. It was kind of a defensive roller coaster where where the defense would be really good for a few minutes and then really bad for a few minutes. And Grice kept a level head and, and was absolutely fantastic. He really was. Um, just to give you the stats here, he made 38 saves on 40 shots against for a save percentage in the game of 950. And that's what you got to be his best performance all season long. I don't have, you know, his entire game log in front of me, but, you know, definitely. you think of performances that stand out, and this was definitely one of them. Because while the Red Wings won 5 to 2, the Vegas Golden Knights did outshoot the Red Wings uh, 40 to 29. So, I mean, it was a situation where the Red Wings got more goals, but Vegas definitely applied the pressure all night long, and Thomas Gray stood on his head. I do remember one specific play with, like, three minutes left in the third period. And credit, honestly, credit to Danny DeKaiser on this, too. The puck went off of Danny DeKaiser's leg and was trickling towards the inside of the net, but he was able to scoop the puck out of the crease underneath, underneath Grice, and it was a nice sprawling save by Grice to keep that puck out of the net as well. I mean, he just... 
looked fantastic the entire night, and that that is a huge part of the reason why the Red Wings were able to win this game. They obviously were able to put five in as well, but you know, they, the Vegas Golden Knights are not an easy opponent, and you can't just have one facet of your team working well to win. Like it's not like the Chicago Blackhawks night where they the Red Wings still let in, you know, three goals, almost four, except for one that got called back, and you still won the game because you scored six. The, you need every part of your team to come out and play incredibly well to beat a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. And you said the defense was hot and cold. I would agree with that. But they were hot at moments. The forwards played really well. Goaltender was on top. And I've brought up before, like, if you want this team to be competitive going forward, everyone needs to mesh at the same time. And this was one mm-hmm. of those games where the whole team was meshing at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and they, they weren't. They weren't meshed the for all sixty, but they were meshed for for clearly enough to have a, a, a incredible performance as a team. And the the like I said, the defense in in both of the games, honestly, uh, th- this weekend had had great moments and had horrible moments. And there was some some it, it, like I said, it was a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. There was there were some hot moments. There were some hot periods. And there were definitely some cold periods. The the first, uh, the the last half of the third was pretty atrocious defensively, and on Sunday's game, but but again, when you, when you put up five and your goalie's on your uh, playing on his head, you you can you can afford that to an extent. And the 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 team really was fantastic. I, I'm not trying to like bring everyone down to earth. Like the team was incredible, and the defense did play really well. I thought, especially in the second period. What the defense was was a, a whole heck of a lot better, and uh, and and then most importantly, the offense, baby. Got to love it. The offense was was absolutely electric. Yeah, uh, this game. Well, yeah. So obviously, um, like we teased at the top of the show, Bertuzzi had another goal and assist tonight. Uh, the goal was an empty netter at the end. Uh, honestly, he he worked for that one. He got out to center ice, battled the guy for the puck, took it away from him. His one takeaway tonight was a, was another you know his takeaway in Buffalo led to Sider's overtime winner. His uh, his takeaway tonight, or Sunday night, rather, by the time you're listening to this, led to the empty night and empty net goal that sealed the deal. Um, and he had a goal and an assist. Nemesnikov, who's having a sneaky good season, has a goal. Uh, had a goal on Sunday. Lucas Raymond obviously had that beautiful power play goal. Uh, Pew Suter with a goal and an assist. Zadina had an assist. Like One of those things where we talked about how the depth scoring wasn't showing up, and that was a problem, you know, Guys like Fabry, Gagne, Zadina, uh, you want them to show up on the score sheet, Suter, and they did. Absolutely, and I and I think a lot of that also is like we talk like when we were talking last week about how those guys were were struggling and we were missing our top end. They they were struggling because they were playing above exactly. what they were expected to. Those are those are good. We have decent depth pieces. There's there's solid depth pieces, and they played like it this weekend because we had that top line get back to full strength, which allowed everybody to play the actual role that they've been playing in all year. Some of them been playing in for years, and and so I I think that that's a, a really big part of it. And uh, yeah, like I I it, it was it was so such an impressive win. Vegas is is obviously like we talked about on Friday's show too, coming off a, a, a media filled weekend with with a lot of hype and stuff. And even though Eichel is obviously not playing yet, just a, a a very very impressive win against a very very good team. Yeah, and so 
that you kind of touched on it too is now the first line is back to full strength. That's because Larkin did return to the lineup in uh, Sunday's game. He did kind of hint at why he was gone. It was obviously personal reasons. And uh, we, we tried our best not to speculate. And he is asking everyone to, you know, remain respectful. But what he did say was that he left for a family emergency, which is in this type of situation, kind of what you would assume happens. But because we didn't know, we didn't want to speculate. We still don't really know what's happening. But family emergency is kind of what we assumed. Um, but he's back. He came back. And again, that first line being back to full strength, you saw just how effective they are, all three of them together. And it had been since, what, the Florida Panthers game that we hadn't had all three of them. The last time the Wings really battled back from a, uh, well, no, they were a two-goal deficit against Buffalo. But, you know, that Florida Panthers game was the last time since Buffalo uh, that they had all played as a one cohesive unit and you know, him being back in the lineup, you saw that so much in Sunday's game. Like, what an effect he has. Absolutely. And and there's so much more, too, besides just, like, uh, beside, like the on-the-field production – or on the field. On-the-ice on production the is <laughs> – the on-the-ice production is is obviously the, the, the biggest thing that, that, that comes out of it. And having your best player on the ice is, is very clearly going to be – um, a, a big factor for you, but even more so. Again, I think it's so important to talk about the the depth that then comes with that. The depth that that you go from, wow, we're really weak at center to just bringing Larkin back, and now okay, well, we're this is a <laughs> this is a pretty solid center lineup we got rolling out there. You know, like that that's so important, and and then just the leadership quality of of having your captain is is can't be unnoticed and. This again, we, we last week we talked about how this team was so aggressive all season and and everybody was there was chippiness and, and everybody it was physicality in the game and and that in the last week that we struggled, that was kind of lost. Yeah. And now it's back. And there was a lot of chippiness after all the <laughs> after almost every stoppage, especially in the second period there. Like it, it's just the when everyone's back, this this when those two are back, the team's back, and we ball. We ball. I remember actually us talking about that, that, that weekend, that back-to-back series, one in Montreal, then one in Chicago. We talked about which of these – which of this Red Wings team is it, the Montreal loss or the Chicago loss? And I remember you specifically saying, honestly, probably both of them. And we've seen it where they have been hot, incredibly good, and then they go on a four-game losing streak now. And then they have a back-to-back weekend of great wins – and I'm hoping they find a little bit more consistency here as, you know, Larkin's hopefully in the lineup more. We have a long stretch without a game in Canada, I think, until February now. So hopefully they are more consistently good as it goes on. Because when they look great, they look like, I mean, I tweeted it out tonight or on Sunday night, rather, where I was like, guys, disregard my last few podcast episodes. I'm, I'm, I'm back to thinking this team's going to win it all. Like, they and look so good. We talked so about good. even on Friday. I mean, we talked about, like, like the teams look so sluggish and, and and slow and hasn't looked great this week and and we, and we did bring it up like hey you know no no bird or larkin for a lot of these yeah. games and, and definitely not both of them together for a minute so like like we did address that and and first game literally the first game with both of them back is one of the best performances of the season and larkin didn't even particularly statistically speaking at least didn't play that well he didn't have any points he was a minus one. I think his only, I mean, he had like one takeaway. That's really it. He didn't provide mm-hmm. a lot of, 
statistical offense in this game. But like you said, there's so much to the leadership aspect of him just being on the ice. Plus, slotting him back in the center line lets the guys underneath him, like you were saying, go back to their natural spots in the lineup. And it just had like a trickle-down effect on the team to where the depth scoring came back because they were playing against the lines they should have. And we're going to see, I mean, Tuesday's another huge like game for the Detroit Red Wings because they're playing the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid's Edmonton Oilers. Did you see that goal he had the other night? Oh, the four-on-one? Yeah. Yeah, and he, it's he four, was shocked. four on one, not including the goalie. Yeah, we also deep down. It, it was literally a five. That I could I could go on for half an hour about Connor McDavid. Yeah, I, I, I think I am a I am a diehard baseball fan and like have been watching Mike Trout for a decade, and 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 like LeBron has has been in the league since I was five years old, and I I would argue that Connor McDavid is better at his sport than anyone currently playing sports right now. It's, it's he insane. Is, he is on – I've seen him in person once when he came to LCA in 2019. He floats. He yeah. doesn't skate. It's literally like watching a ghost. Like in, in like in a, in a 1940s horror movie when when the, the ghost is just like, like – like clearly on a bike or something and like floating around and everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> that's what it looks like. Like he he's, he's gliding. He's he, floating. He is be a pro mode on rookie mode. Yes. Yes. It is. It is uh, uh, to, to use a quote that, that uh, Nolan always used to give me crap for. It is ignorant. How good he is. <laughs> it, it truly is ignorant. He is unbelievable. He is insane. And we're, we're currently watching probably the best player of this generation maybe probably one of the best players of all time play right now. And if he can stay healthy, I don't know what records he couldn't break at the pace that he's going right yeah. now. It's incredible. It's I mean, there are some, the season this year is yeah. <laughs> like, he just keep it. I, again, I, he, he, he's put up like 200 points at 14 and 16 U hockey. Like everyone knew he was going one, one when he like, b- before he had hair on his chest, like, just, <laughs> The the dude is 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 unbelievable and has lived up to to all the hype put on him at like twelve years old. <laughs> so, anyways, it's going to be a really tough matchup for the Detroit Red Wings. Absolutely, you say. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully, they will. can take these two wins and make it a, a legit winning streak. Um, but Dylan Larkin's not the only player who came back in the lineup. Gustav Lindstrom also returned, and that unfortunately caused a roster move that Scotty and I were afraid was going to happen. We'll get into that. And maybe a little bit more if we have time on the other side of this. But first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. I've mentioned it before. I love Thanksgiving. I mean, who doesn't love? It's food. Scotty, it's food. Who doesn't love Thanksgiving? Absolutely. I know Aunt Betty does. Aunt Betty loves. And we're going to make her love Built Bar by the end of this live read, too. She's going to love Built Bar. You better. All of the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Replace that coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or that raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. That's the catch there, guys. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, but tons of protein, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate, which, I mean, let's let's be honest. Chocolate's the biggest draw for a Built Bar. 100% real chocolate. Who doesn't want that on a healthy Built Bar? And then share some of this at your family gatherings at Thanksgiving. Let them know how good Built Bars are. Make things less awkward. Tell Aunt Betty 
to start having Built Bars if she hasn't tried them yet. New surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Off the bench came Sider. Sider shaken from his check. The shot. He scores! Sider wins it for Detroit! Sider with his first National Hockey League goal. Scotty, real quick before we start talking about the Joe Valeno roster move, I just want to bring up that now after this weekend where Tyler Bertuzzi had six points in two games, he's at 15 points in 10 games played, nine goals, six assists. That's insane. It's a beauty of a season, man. We don't got to make a whole topic out of it, but holy shit, man. No, and it's and it's so it's so apparent when he doesn't play. Like if you were to if you were to to nobody on the ice could wear numbers or have their last names on the jersey and you were just watching Red Wings hockey with everyone looking the exact same you you could still pick out the games that he wasn't playing in yeah. and the games that he was playing in with relative ease in my eyes and and uh it was obviously a big piece that they missed last season um and uh, it's it's yeah, it's nice to have him back, even if he isn't playing in uh, in Canada. Well, and thankfully, like I said, we have that big gap until February. He's not playing. Um, but the real thing we wanted to talk about here in this final third segment is the fact that Gustav Lindstrom was activated off injured reserve back in the lineup in that game against Vegas. He looked OK. That's not the real co- talking point. The real talking point is that forced the Detroit Red Wings with Larkin back, with Bertuzzi back, with Lindstrom back to make a roster move and the odd man out yet again was Joe Valeno. And, you know, he had an excellent game his first game back, his first game with the Red Wings this season in Toronto with a goal and an assist in that 5-4 to four loss. Um, since then, really, he looked good, but he didn't put up any points. Um, another situation where he was probably playing above where he should have. I don't know. It's tough to say because he's definitely a top six ceiling in his case. Um, and he looked good in the games he played in. But with Larkin out, he was probably playing above where he should be. But you also want him to get reps at that level because you don't want him to be not getting minutes because then, then what's the point? So, And we even talked about possibly slotting him in the top line just to see if he could put a spark because Pew Suter at the time wasn't doing anything. Fabry wasn't doing anything. But uh, I don't know. It sucks. I think he's NHL ready. But if the minutes aren't there, I guess put him back down the AHL. He's just too good for the AHL. And he's in this weird limbo right now where really the main yeah. reason he's going to getting sent down is because He's still waiver eligible, waiver eligible, and I think he's the only one. But it just sucks if you're Joe Valeno. For sure, yeah. That's in in the uh, in the baseball world. That's what we call a four A player. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, know, you have you have single A, double A, triple A majors, and and you're just right in that that in between phase where uh, you're pro you're you're not quite good enough to be like a top six at at the NHL level, year. but but you're also like very clearly ready to graduate. Uh, and, and you're just in that weird limbo. So so for the time being, I'm very okay giving him the minutes. And, and we talked about that uh, on last week when, when he got, when after his first uh, game where, where he showed out to. It, at, at the current state, the, the wings are at, at full health. Uh, at Sans Verana, just, I'd, I'm, I'm very okay with, with him just going wherever he's going to get the most minutes, even if it is 
against slightly easier competition. I think that's better for development. Um, and yeah, and he's going to be the first call. Like if, if anybody, if, you know, when we go back to Canada in, in whatever, two months from now, uh, he'll be the call up. Um, if, if anybody, you know, knock on wood gets hurt, he'll be the call up. He, he's going to be first man up mentality. It's not like we're, we're not going to see him again, but for, for the time being, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content with, with him just following the minutes. Yeah. And so I agree with you for the most part on the sending him to Grand Rapids to get the minutes to continue developing. Cause there will become a point where he doesn't have anything else to gain by playing in Grand Rapids. And that'll almost hurt his development and the fact that he's not getting better because he's reached his peak in Grand Rapids, in the AHL, at, to a point where he's going to start getting complacent. I'm not saying he will, but he could get complacent because of the fact that he is dominating the level. I mean, he had four... Sorry. He had three points in five games played... Uh, with Grand Rapids this season before getting called up. And he just looked in every single game, he looks strong and I, he still does have a little bit of room to grow. So for now, sending him down to Grand Rapids is fine. I'm just afraid that it's going to be like, do you remember the Thomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist situation where Ken Holland insisted on over ripening players to a point where they're disgruntled with the organization because they had no room on the roster to play them. And I, I remember rumors going around like Tatar was like, if I don't make the Red Wings next year, these were just rumors. I don't know if that was ever confirmed, but like Tatar was getting disgruntled and was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask for a trade if I don't play because they were just too good for the AHL level. And I, I don't think Eiserman's going to do that, but I think there is a point when you don't have anything else to gain by playing in Grand Rapids and not saying that Valeno's there now, but I'm afraid he'll be there in the near future. For sure. And, and I think what will kind of help with that is what I was talking about being that first call, that first call. I think that will kind of soften that a little bit, um, but but that's definitely a, a, a fair take. And and the sample size also is is still like if he had if he had two seasons in the A of of putting up like what like like a point and a half a game or something, then you're like all right, like you have a legitimate gripe. But hot, you know, hot start to the season and and him being the first call up and and getting more reps down there. I, I long term, you're absolutely right, but on Whatever November eighth, I'm 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 pretty okay again with him just following the minutes. Yeah, and I mean he's only got one full season in the AHL um, because right. the pandemic screwed it up, and it wasn't even a full season. It was the 1920 season where he played 54 games. He had 23 points. He was about half point per game in Grand Rapids, and then he played in the uh, SHL with the Malmo Red Hawks in 2020, 2021. Had 20 points in 46 games there for so almost a point per game again or half point per game again, and then four games in the AHL last season, five games so far this season. So, oh, it's been like his development. He hasn't had a chance to truly develop at the AHL level yet because of the fact that the pandemic happened. And that's happened with so many players. I mean, Cider would have made this team last year if it weren't for the pandemic. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, but there's still, there is still room to grow. I'm just, I guess, cautious and a little worried that the overripening could happen here. But that's just, like you said, for now on November 8th, 2021 sending him back down to grand rapids is fine i just hope that his first call up eventually became becomes a permanent spot for him on the roster when there's space for sure. yeah you, you don't want to you don't want to be caught in that limbo for too terribly long either obviously you don't want to 
Just keep going up and down, up you don't and down. You want to be Brian Lashoff? Right, right, yeah. Captain but, of the but, Griffins, uh, though. He's made a nice career for himself at the AHL level. Yeah, oh, yeah, very respectable. Um, but, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it, and we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have plenty of opinions on, on how they deal with him going forward. Yeah. But for now, for now I'm, I'm okay with it. Last game note before uh, we sign off here. Vladislav Nemesnikov, if I can say it properly, is actually having a sneaky good season so far. Uh, he's at about half point per game so far. He's got six points in 12 games played, seven points in 13 games played, actually. This isn't updated. Uh, he's got five goals, two assists, and, uh, yeah, some some dirty, grimy goals, some empty net goals, but he's finding a way to show up on the score sheet. And uh, when it comes to depth scoring, so far he's been the, the best one. Yeah, we, talk, we talked a lot about depth scoring and how important the depth is, obviously, in the last week. Um, and e- even though the the goal in, in Sunday's game was a little wacky, a little weird, just hey. getting off the inside of the goalie's knee pad and then finding a way in. It was weird. Um, but but we'll we'll take points any way we can get them. Baby. Exactly. You shoot the puck, you never know what's gonna happen. He's finding a way to show exactly. up on the score sheet. So it uh, pucks deep, he's pucks on net. His career best in points is forty eight points on eighty one games played. Um that's about half point per game, a little over actually. And he's about on pace for that that right now. So I'm I'm hoping that, you know, this uh, twenty eight year old forward can, you know, put up a career year for us and then, you know, flip him at the deadline. Uh <laughs> or not, or not. But you know. Wouldn't hurt. Or not. Or not. But, you know, you know, looking at the, how this team's probably going to be selling at the deadline again, like we, you know, have been. Unless they really turn it on and, you know, look like a, they legit could make the playoffs. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic for a different episode, Scotty. Any final thoughts, my friend? It would be a fun episode. It would be, be a fun, fun episode. Uh, my final thoughts are uh, Matt Stafford had a bad game, but he's still good. He's still very good, and he's still much better on a, the no Rams slander. than he is on the Lions. No slander. No slander. Um, thanks for making the Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Uh, we'll be back with you on Tuesday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.